Hey, you there? Yeah. Okay, everybody, this is another episode of The Yurt. Uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, tell everybody what you do. Uh, Jason Glover. Um, uh, I work for an engine machine shop for my day job, but uh, also uh, make uh, custom. So when you uh when you make the custom knives, are you doing like just kitchen knives or like bush cra- bushcraft knives or? Yeah, bushcraft hunting knives. Uh, uh, I do have some kitchen knives in the work, but they'll those will be the first ones that I've actually made for kitchen knives. So. Okay, and then you, are you able to like? Do you got a website and everything where people can buy them or? No, just just off Instagram or Facebook. Okay, cool. And uh, do you have to run them through the test? I mean, you got some videos out there where you're smashing them with, you know, logs and cutting wood. And... Uh, no, I don't, but I, I definitely need to do some of those. Yeah, I thought about getting into that myself. Um, well, I actually made quite a few blanks um, out of the 1099 carbon steel and then i was trying to heat treat it and everything with torches and you know in the oven and um then it was just another deal where i moved i didn't have the space to didn't have the space for the grinders and everything right um how long you been doing that oh six or seven years now yeah and what got you into it um well it was it was kind of a deal between me and my brother. He was doing leather stuff and we were both into getting into bushcrafting and whatnot. And, and yeah, just, we started talking about making knives and I just, uh, finished up a pipeline job out in California. So I was home for, uh, going to be home for several months. Um, and so, yeah, I just started buying stuff, started watching YouTube videos, and started doing it. So you were a pipe layer, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've worked excavation. I've worked excavation most uh, most of my career. Uh, did uh, set rock for, uh, for a company here locally for a bunch of years. <laughs> uh, you know, dug basements, sewer, water, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, and then... Then I went out on the uh, gas pipelines, did the the Ruby uh, line that comes through Utah here, did the Kern River line that comes through Utah here, and and uh, yeah, then <laughs> traveled around the country, North Carolina, uh, Texas, uh, California, yeah, just doing different jobs. So that was the high pressure gas then, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we're talking, you know, 50 inch uh line too, steel line, so half inch. So how close do you get to the I mean, you guys are probing around when you're trying to locate that like a tie-in. How close do you get before well, you just start hand shoveling? In in California, the uh-huh. uh that in California we were digging them up, but like all the other ones we were laying the main lines. So, um, but yeah, in California, when you dig it up to test it, the excavator isn't allowed to dig anything in the hole until, yeah. until the pipe is exposed two feet all the way around. So 
literally there's there's 10 laborers with shovels digging it up and and I I can put my bucket in the hole so they throw the dirt into my bucket and then I'll I'll dump it out put my bucket back down for them to fill it up. Stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. So what uh with the gas line cuz I mean I've done you know like up to 90 inch storm drain cast in place storm drain but like water line whenever we would get over like uh i don't know 36 inches we would actually have to crawl in the lines and grout the inside joints it all had to be it all had to be welded flange steel oh so what what do they do cuz i mean most gas line it's just plastic but if you got a 50 inch 50 inch gas line what are they using for that uh half inch thick steel wall tube okay and then i mean that i guess that wouldn't need any grout or anything huh on the inside no not on the inside the all the outside gets uh you know real thick coating and you know before it gets buried and put in the ditch so what uh what's the most le- i know california's got to be the most strict place you've worked where's the most lenient where they just didn't care um as far as the pipeline goes uh everywhere i went it was pretty strict but it was it was a lot different out in in uh, california um just because it was digging up old line and cutting in sections and testing you know a couple of miles at a time you know pressure test it and then, yeah. you know, cut all the valving and stuff back out and then put, you know, replace that piece of pipe. And, <laughs> but, but all the other jobs, it was all mainline. So it was, you know, but it's all still the same inspection crews and, you know, you've got an inspector for everything, environmental, all that kind of stuff. So the pipelines, yeah. you know, it's not like working for the local city and you're going by them. So, but yeah, it's all private companies that you know that work for the gas companies that do all the inspecting so it's all still pretty strict yeah that's where i was a pipe layer up in uh, la county and yeah we had quite a few i never had osha you know everybody would always complain about osha i never actually had osha come huh uh hold on can't hear my so um how many knives are you typically turning uh, not many. I mean, I, I don't do a whole bunch, but like right now I've got, uh, <clears throat> one I just sent off. I've got two I'm working on that'll be done soon to send off. And then I've got four more that I need to get started that are all ordered. So. Okay. And then are you doing any custom etching on the blades or anything? Or? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, and then you make the handles too, right? What what are you using for the handle material? Uh, there's there's several different handle makers out there <clears throat> that that make knife scales. Um, there's acrylics. There's you know different epoxies that they do all sorts of crazy stuff with, um, and then a lot of burl woods that have been dyed and stabilized. Uh huh. So I I get those a lot. So. And then you you've actually went and harvested your own burl, huh? Yeah, so so I was an operator 
on that on the last job I was up in California, and so you know uh, all the rigging and all that kind of stuff. You know, the bed of my truck was just full of of all sorts of rigging, but you know the job was over, and they for safety protocol or whatever they don't reuse rigging from job to job all the rigging is bought brand new for every job okay so i had you know literally thousands of dollars in belts and d-rings and you know all real heavy duty stuff and so we went up to one of the guys that i worked with he mentioned that he had a cousin um that had a Texas chainsaw or an Alaskan chainsaw mill and was harvesting redwood burls. Uh And so, yeah, when we got laid off, I I went up there and and hung out up there for a night and I gave them all that rigging and they were beside themselves. You know, they, they were like, man, this is like thousands of dollars worth of rigging. And they were like, you know, load up your truck with whatever burls you want. And so I, you know, and they had hundreds of them, you know, like stacked up with uh, kickers in between them, you know, just drying out. And so I, I grabbed like 15 slabs, everything I get in the bed of my truck. And I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking like slabs big enough to make coffee tables, you know, six feet long by, you know, three, four feet wide. Yeah. And it's all, it's all old growth redwood burl from uh, Northern California. How did they let, I mean, did they have like a permit or something? Redwood Burl, I would imagine no, that would so be just like. The family owns 300 acres up there. And the, all of their land is just, I mean, covered in huge, huge redwood trees. And these are all stumps that uh, when they do the uh, their property management and pull the uh-huh. trees down, these were all like trees that have been down for you know 50 60 years and they're just cleaning up the property you know so yeah there's no regulation on on that because it's you know private property yeah that's i mean that's gonna be worth if you if you get caught doing that in like the redwood forest yeah you're you're going to jail yeah for a while that uh i would imagine that would be so rare though like that wood would be so rare it would be like yeah super pricey it is oh it's ridiculously expensive i made one table out of one of the slabs and i sold it for four thousand dollars yeah and that's probably just a couple legs or four legs on just that uh, one slab it was a little fancier than that but yeah not much fancier i mean it was you know yeah but and then how when you come do you look for them out here uh no not really um there's been times i've been up camping you know and i'll see a tree with with uh you know like a big old burl knot sticking out of it but yeah I've, i've got so much wood right now that i just i just really haven't how do you keep your wood uh like on expensive pieces of wood like that, what do you just got a bunch of cleats in between yeah. them all laying flat? Yes. Do you use any dehumidification? Or? Uh, no, I haven't used any dehumidification. Um, you know, the summer usually does pretty good and it's been, you know, I've had those slabs now for probably six years, just 
letting them sit and dry and so yeah they're they're pretty pretty dry now but yeah if i was gonna you know get it all planed off flat and everything then i'd i'd probably bring it in the garage and keep it in the heat and make sure it was you know mostly dried out so all the way yeah so is that is that your favorite knife handle to make there then i i is those out of the burlwood? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I think I equally like the burlwoods and the acrylic stuff, just because it you know the you can get so wild with the looks and you know doing the double dies on the burlwoods and you know yeah they just look so good. Yeah, no, I mean the the handles alone, the amount of stuff they make, I. When I was making my knives, I wanted to cut up my old uh, car hearts. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then just epoxy press yeah, them and make handles out of yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. When I first started out, I've got, I've still got the jigs. I bought some jigs for doing the uh, making the micarta, and I was making a lot of micarta handles uh, when I first started. But I mean, they even got guys that are, you know, making money off of just the not necessarily the plugs, you know, putting all those piano wires and um, just making those uh, knife oh, pins, yeah. like fancy knife yeah, I've, pins. Yeah, I've actually ordered some of those um, with my maker's mark uh, in them. Okay. And then what's what's the maker's mark? Uh, is it like a really complicated no, design? No, or? it's very simple design. Um, and it's basically just like a futuristic looking, uh, mammoth. Okay. Kinda, the, uh, uh, a lot of people say that it looks uh, like the Mandalorian, but like the Mandalorian, the, the tusks go like curve inward. Um, and yeah, and, and it's different, but yeah. And I, I can see where they get that, but. I have not seen the new star Wars. We saw like. I don't know. After the original six or whatever, they made a new one, and I I just could not get into it after yeah. that, man. I, <laughs> I haven't but, I haven't watched any of the I new Star Wars stuff or the Mandalorian stuff either. So, yeah, uh, I liked the uh, the original three back when I was a kid. You know, oh. the I guess the fourth and sixth. Oh yeah, one, the original but, three that came uh, out. Those those are still some of my favorite movies. Yeah, as a kid, I wa I watched those nonstop. Yeah, no, I mean, there wasn't a lot of options back right, then, though. Yeah. You, know, you pretty much played it out till the VHS Yeah, stopped that's working. very true. But. Uh, have you ever thought about getting into any of the Kydex type uh, stuff? I Well, I, I can't say I, I have, but my brother has all that uh, stuff because he, he does leather, and he used to do all my sheets, uh -huh. and yeah, he's got all the Kydex stuff as well, so. So yeah, as soon as his shop is back up and running, then yeah, I think I'm gonna have him teach me some Kydex, and and he's definitely gonna teach me some more leather. So I'm I'm currently making my own leather sheaths and getting a lot better at it. But man, his sheaths are like off the charts cool. Yeah, no. When you I mean when you look at that, even with the leather, you know they start incorporating a lot of those like fire strikers. Oh yeah. And 
you know, putting sharpening stones oh, in yeah. on the yep. sheath. Done and, all that. I mean, that uh, it gets yeah, pretty creative. My abilities aren't good enough to do uh, any of that kind of stuff yet, but my brother, he does a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, a lot of those parts get oh, yeah. pretty pricey, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could, uh, I guess you could essentially use rivets and stuff, but they, you know, I don't know. You can get, you can get, uh, pretty pricey with a lot oh, of yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I don't think I leave Tandy without spending $200 every time. Yeah. Do you, uh, you break even about, I mean, are you making good uh, profit or? I'm not really doing it for the profit, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I make a little bit on each knife. You know, material-wise, uh, you know, good hardenable knife steel is is fairly cheap. Um, yeah. You know, so I mean, you know, and I, if I charge four hundred bucks on a knife, you know, there's hundred bucks mm. worth of materials on it, but the just the time to build it and make it is, yeah. You know. See, that's what always gets me. No matter what I'm trying to do, is yeah. just the, the time. The time is the you know, big it's... thing, and and I've never really figured it out. You know, as far as how much time I actually spend on a knife, like you know, time it. So, yeah, probably working on multiple yeah, knives and I, at once. Yeah, and I do too, try huh? to do that. So, in fact, the four knives that I've got coming up are all the exact same model. And so, yeah, I'm I'm gonna do all those as like one batch. So, you know, cut all of them out. And yeah, it's all. it's all these CNC machines. These CNC machines, they just like I it's almost impossible if you're doing something by hand it's it's damn near impossible to keep up with that you know and still charge a right fair price um wood and metal man i when i was getting into the knife making i saw a lot of guys and you know they got the the forge and then they would just have all their blades cut out you know nice and even and um yeah it was a lot of grinding for me a lot of grinding, a lot of check-in, a lot yeah, of Yeah, I'm seeing I don't, I don't have anything uh, cut out. I cut it all out myself with a cut-off wheel, shape it on my belt sander. Yeah. Know, so put all the belt. Yeah, no, I. that's how I did so, it. So, yeah. Um, the, uh, oh, man, what was I going to say? The... Um, Man, every episode I do this, <laughs> I just like forget what I was gonna say. Happens to um, all of us. Yeah. Well, here I'll let you take over while I think about what I was, what I was thinking okay. about. Yeah, and a, I do have a forge. I don't do any forging. Um, it is something that I want to uh-huh. uh, play around with, but I mainly use my forge just for uh, my heat treating. Treating. You know? Yeah, no, I uh, I actually saw this big old six foot piece of railroad tie out over by Provo once, and I tried to oh, drag yeah. that thing Look up the hill. <laughs> it was oh. not happening. <laughs> that would have been so nice, though, if I had like a fourteen inch cutoff saw. Oh I would yeah, have at least one foot thing. But uh, yeah, no, when I went back a month later, so it was it was uh, gone. Yep. Um. Do you got any, like, uh, 
do you go to any of those those uh conventions or anything with um, your knives? i've been to blade show in atlanta um but i okay. i didn't have a table i just i just went so me and my is that something looking into oh, that, doing that's a good yeah that'd be a great time to uh set up a table um that's something that i'd like to do but uh maybe one of these days especially with all this covid crap they canceled it last year and so just have to see what the future holds yeah no i know they got a lot of like um a lot of prepping type events here like even right in the down salt lake city well i don't know what that is the plaza wherever they have comic-con but uh yeah no that'd be cool you you got uh you're gonna go with the full full out and do the youtube channel with the uh you know, showing everyone how your knife works. Uh, and... No, I don't. I don't know about all that, but that, that's a lot of work. The yeah. problem with YouTube is if you want to be a maker and put stuff out, then all of the recording and making the content gets in the way of that. So, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. No, it adds a lot of time. Then you got to edit I it. I do have one YouTube video out there though. Um, and this was early, early on in my knife making career, but I made this little cleaver style knife and we went to, uh, my brother's barber and he did a, like a straight razor shave on my face and shaved my face with the knife. Okay. So you got sharpening oh, yeah. Yeah, down yeah. then, huh? Yeah. In fact, <laughs> I, I just, a uh, customer of mine just just got the knife and he was like yeah holy shit that is sharp <laughs> so, how long did it take you to get uh, well, that done i mean i was i was pretty good at sharpening with a stone before i started making knives but but then i decided that if i was going to be making knives and actually selling them then i i'd better make damn sure that the edge is good and so i bought a guided sharpening system i bought a wicked edge it's a you know it cost me $800 at the time but it's a guided system uh-huh. and you know, so it keeps the edge perfect. Um, you know, on, on the angles that you want, and then you go up through all your grits and the ceramics and the leather straps. And yeah, it's like literally hair shaving sharp when, when you're done. So. How far down in grit do you go when you're polishing the knife? You get oh, down yeah, to like 2,000? Yeah. Uh, on my handle scales, I usually, depending on the material, you know, I'll take them to, you know, 1,000, 1,500, and then, yeah, uh, 2,000. Uh, it just depends on the materials. Like like these burl woods, they, they don't necessarily benefit on anything much over 800, um, at least that I can see, uh-huh. you know, but... And that, you know, that's just the nature of wood, though. I mean, you you sand wood with 220 grit, it'll feel soft, you know. What uh, what are you using to epoxy the the wood um, handle on use, there? It's it's actually called Blade Bond, um, and uh, USA Knife Maker uh, sells it, and it's like specifically formulated for epoxying on knife handle scales and it it's good stuff so 
Yeah, I tried one. Well, I had one done with uh, just uh-huh. some Harbor Freight epoxy, and it fell off. Oh, I mean, yeah. Pretty quick. <laughs> Even And I didn't have my pins in tight. I mean, it was like one of my first attempts oh, yeah. out of a file, making the knife out of a file. But, uh, yeah, no, I got I got one in my toolbox that, out of a file that's still uh, – you know, yeah, I've, hell, I've done I've done several out of out of uh, old files. Yeah, no, I I always wanted to get into the forging it out of like um, railroad yeah, spikes and stuff. If you want to see somebody just, that's taken railroad spike knives to the next level, look up Andy Alm A L M. That. That dude is okay. making some killer railroad spike knives, and and he he's making the knives just strictly out of the uh, railroad spike. Uh, he you know he gets the high carbon ones uh-huh. or whatever, but he's also making really big knives to where he's actually splitting the railroad spike and then forge welding in you know like a really good knife steel and making these big ass huge knives out of railroad spikes. Yeah, no, I was watching some, I mean, man, when I, it was like 2008, right during the recession when I started getting into it. So I'm sure. Oh yeah, there's, there's all, there's all sorts of stuff out there. I think Topps Knife was like the, uh, the leading edge. Yeah, Topps is real popular. Yeah, I think. They had just pretty much, I don't know, maybe they didn't just come out. It was just when I first saw them. But yeah, no, they had some cool stuff. Um, the, um, yeah, no, it's that would be pretty cool to be able to forge all that stuff. You know, I got really into it. Do you do any of the other, like, uh, well, I guess you're not into forging yet, but did you want to do any of the other stuff like arrowheads? And I, I don't know if you've ever watched oh, like yeah, Dave, Dave Canterbury's. Canterbury, yeah, Les cool Stroud. I, I like watching all those guys. So. Les Stroud was the one who got me into it, man. I was just like 2004 and uh, I was working construction, just had my first kid. I guess it would have been a little later than that. But, uh, you know, I was watching him and I, I loved his show. And then you saw Bear <laughs> Grylls and it was just like, yeah. what is this dude doing, you know? Les Stroud's telling you, you know, don't take any risks when you're out here. Just play it safe. And this dude's like building 50-foot ladders to jump across rivers yeah. and being <laughs> all over his face. Slaughtering goats to eat just That's his right. eyeball and it's yeah. not sack. It was like, yeah. man. I uh I I was actually just recently watching the Les Stroud Beyond Survival again with the uh, Gypsy Village. I don't think have you I have. I I found his YouTube channel and he's been posting a lot of his old stuff on there. And so yeah, I've I've been going through it. I'm I'm sure I'll probably run into it. <clears throat> yeah, the Beyond Survival stuff was really cool because it's like he goes to all these indigenous tribes and. I mean, right. you know, he's there with the camera and everything, but uh, I, I definitely think he's picked it up better than anyone else has. On yeah, the TV well, and he piece. films it all himself. Yeah, which just makes it oh, s- yeah. such a pain in the ass. I would imagine 
you see him in some of those shots and he's like a quarter yeah, mile away back, yeah. and he's got to walk he, back. He does a lot of the, I've, I've watched a lot of the behind the scenes uh, video he does. And he, I don't know if you've uh -huh. seen any of those, but he watches his old episodes of stuff. And then, you know, he's doing like a director's commentary, you know, he's just hanging out on his couch talking about what's going on. And, you know, yeah. And he, he shows some of those scenes where, you know, yeah, he's clear off in the distance. And he was like, you know, this is what you guys don't see when I get these shots is I have to come back for that camera. And, you know, after I get the shot. Yeah, no. And man, to, to have had the, I don't even know what you would call that, but when he, when he recorded that first season, I mean, there, oh. there was nothing like that. Period and, on TV. There was nothing like that. And back that. then no he said YouTube. he packed around a freaking car battery um to charge his, his camera batteries that were oh. way bigger and bulkier back then. You know, and a, and a little solar panel that charges yeah. charged his uh car battery and to you know so that he could charge his camera batteries. And now he says the you know, with the lithium ion technology and stuff, you know, he can you know, he can just pack up enough batteries to last him the, the whole trip and, you know, just in his backpack. So. Well, yeah, no, I'd imagine how many GoPro batteries you could fit onto a, you know, how much, how many GoPro batteries yeah, you right. a normal car battery. Like, you could record for yeah. days, weeks. Do you watch it? Are there any new shows? I mean, I, I watched Till they uh, they got rid of the Cody Lundeen dude on the Dual Survival, and then they they eventually yeah. got rid of Dave Canterbury too, and they had that Man Woman Wild. But I, that's yeah, pretty much I when I, I stopped. I haven't had cable for a few years now, so so yeah, I just you know Netflix and YouTube and you know Hulu, but that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, that's the same for us. Oh, I mean, there's no point. It's terrific. Cable so yeah, damn. Yeah, it's like a hundred bucks a, a month, and that's for the basic shit. Yeah, and there's then you got yeah. commercials, and you don't know when anything's going to be on. It's like, oh yeah, I don't they, know how they the hell they're still business. So yeah, I I think that's all going to change though, because I mean, you got all these Fox and CBS and everything. They're trying yeah. to stay in there, you know. You're going to have to pay everybody individually. Yeah. We'll see mm -hmm. how that rolls out in 10 years. Well, I'm going to end it okay. here and then I'll send you another link. And then that just okay. sort of helps with the audio quality. All right. Okay. I'll send you a link right now. Back. Yep. Okay. So this is why I wanted to ask you a while ago when you were running equipment, I always worked for companies where, I mean, our, our equipment wasn't the greatest and we would have, you know, one case, one cat, one, uh, uh, Komatsu, one John Deere. What, what controls were you running? Cause I used to hate using four sticks. Uh, just the, uh, what do they call it? The, just the regular cat controls. Yeah. Um, but all the, the company that I worked for, he mostly had John Deere's, uh -huh. but he kept, he was a firm believer in, 
you know, new maintained equipment. Okay. And so like, like even if you, if I scratched the counterweight on my excavator, I'd get my ass chewed. Like, you know, uh-huh. um, so, so it was all new enough to where you just flip a switch uh, for whichever controls you want. So you can run the John Deere controls if you know those, or you can run the, uh, you know, like the cat controls, you know, so. At yeah, one just, company, we had a backhoe that did that. that oh, was yeah. Because nice. I, I like cat myself. Yeah, I would just I, always get in trouble with the four stick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was out in California, that was the first time I'd ran a backhoe with just the regular joysticks. And, it, you know, it was just like running an excavator. And, yeah, those 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 things were pretty nice. But Yeah, no, I mean, but, man, and then you get to, like, the case where you got the foot controls, too. And it's just, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Our, our equipment was so damn old. And, you know, like one time we were sitting there digging a trench. We had to put five gallons of uh, hydraulic fluid in the thing. Oh, geez. In the trench, there's just grease all over the damn dirt, man. It was. Oh, man. Yeah. Booms would swing by themselves. And so with the, the COVID, a lot more people have been getting out in nature and stuff. Have you? Have you been selling more knives because of that? Have you had uh, looking at your stuff? Uh, I I don't know about that, but um, but yeah, I've I've picked up a little bit lately uh, in the knife ordering. So it could be COVID then, huh? Yeah. And was your job affected at all? No. Well, no. I I. Yes, it was affected, but in a good way. Um, I don't know if it was because everybody was staying home and started working on their projects, but when they uh, first did like the lockdown in March, uh-huh. um, you know, we were considered essential, so it didn't affect my hours any. Um, and we were dead for, I don't know, like a week or two weeks. And, you know, I was like, oh man, you know, work starting to run out, you know, uh, as we're getting stuff done and nothing's coming in and then just the floodgates opened and it hasn't stopped. I mean, we're so busy. It's not even funny. Uh, that's good. I mean, we're literally running out of room to put stuff like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's nuts. Yeah. I've worked through the whole thing. I've changed jobs. I've got, got kind of lucky so far. Um, but what do you th- what do you think about this vaccine they got? Uh that's it's pretty sketchy if you ask me. Now, I've heard that Utah it's going to be not mandatory but a uh if if you an employer requires it then they're going to be able to let you go if you do not get the vaccine. Yeah, and I guarantee my boss will won't do that, so Okay. I th- I just I think there's going to be a lot of places that do, man. I don't, uh, I personally don't want to take that vaccine period. Right. So, and, but the company I work for right now is subcontracted through, uh, Walmart. So I know that for oh, sure right. Walmart's going to make that mandatory. Right. Putting the bikes together. Right. Yeah. Do they, uh, do you think that uh, the economy is going to get any worse or better here this year? 
it's so hard to say. Yeah, I, I'd like to think it's going to get better. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to wait and see what uh, Joe Biden does. And, you know, but the locking things down obviously isn't working. If you look at L.A., I mean, yeah. you know, L.A. and California, where they've got everything locked down, you know, with the restaurants and the everything that shut down. And they they are just absolutely covered in covid like it they're it's going nuts out there yeah no i mean all my friends that are there right now they just pretty much stay home and and that's that's the worst thing you can do for your immune system i don't know who the hell these people are that are making the decisions but they're obviously not educated doctors you're you're just cooped up breathing all the same germs you need to be outside you need vitamin d you need contact with germs on a on a normal basis to keep your immune system strong you know well, that's prisoners yeah going through it's quick i mean it's just like the immune system needs to exercise a little bit yeah you, you i don't need like wearing the mask you need exposure to germs and stuff like that on you know just in normal everyday life yeah. No, it's, I mean, my sister up there, uh, I mean, most of the places she would hike at, they're closed down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> up in the mountains. Like, that just doesn't make any sense at all. You know, gyms being closed and, yeah, trails being closed and stuff like that. It's like, no, get outside, hike, get some sunshine, vitamin D, go to the gym, work out, be healthy. That's That's how you, if you do get it, that's how you, you know kick it without any problems is being healthy yeah no i don't i'm i'm just glad utah didn't do that yeah we were pretty untouched yeah it i don't think it was too bad here i you know the mask mandates and all that i'm i don't care for any of those but i mean that didn't even start until like halfway through the summer though even yeah so yeah I mean, got a got a little bit there, and I remember when it first happened. You know, I was walking into work, and they told me I need to wear a mask. And it's like, man, who the hell is this lady telling me? Yeah, right. like, uh, but yeah, no, it's. I'm just hoping Joe Biden doesn't come in and, you know, make it a little bit more strict on all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, I think that's what's going to happen, and I'm hoping it doesn't, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, so what's the biggest, the big game plan? Are you going to try to do the knives full-time? Is that like the overall goal? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I really, really like my job, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I'll probably just keep it you know, on the hobby level. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta get me one of those jobs one day where I really, really like them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're pretty lucky. Did you like laying pipe? Oh yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I did. I really liked it. Um, so, but yeah, it was just time for a change and yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, man, I was started doing that out of high school and I, I thought that was going to be what I did for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. 
And then uh, the recession happened. And then I started working for myself. And I was like, man, this is this is a hell of a lot better than working for someone else. <laughs> yeah. So now it's like a constant fight to try to get there again, you know? Right. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever. Would you go back and you weren't you weren't laid off or anything then, huh? From the construction. Yeah. Well, the, the last, the last job I worked out in California, I'd, I'd gotten laid off and, and, uh, you know, and came home and I spent, I spent six months at home, you know, without a job, you know, and that's when I was buying all the stuff to start doing the knives and, and all that. And I had, had uh, I had recently just got full custody of, of my three kids. So I didn't want to go back out on the road again. So, and then it got to the point where, you know, I was running because I was making really good money. So I had money saved up, but then I, I started burning through it, especially with buying all the tools and, and all the stuff I yeah. needed for the knives and, you know, a two by 72 belt sander and, and, a, and, you know, and a forge and all the stuff. So I, uh, I decided, well, maybe I'll start looking for work and, and, uh, uh, my brother, I had talked to my brother about it and he had mentioned it to my dad. And then my dad asked me about it and he's like, you know, we could use a, another guy down at the shop. And, and, uh, so yeah, they put me in the teardown bay and, and, uh, I started tearing down the engines and now, now I'm in the machine shop doing the, uh, block work, doing all the machining for the blocks. So, Okay, what kind of car are you guys just doing anything that comes oh, yeah. in or a specific yeah, it, type? It's or? it's it's Jensen Auto Service and it's a full service shop. It's you know, we've got the the automotive side that you know does the brakes, oil changes, you know, whatever anything that the car needs, you know, they'll pull the motor out and then bring it over to us and you know, so we've got the automotive side or the auto shop side and then the machine shop side. And then in the machine shop, we do, you know, we, we rebuild the cylinder heads, uh, you know, bore hone deck, uh, the blocks, uh, reassemble, uh, balance the rotating assembly. I mean, you know, the whole, it's a full service automotive machine shop. So. Okay. And then, uh, I know they got they've got companies out there that do like the old Broncos and stuff. Have you ever thought about doing something like that where you're just I mean you got access to bore out engines and stuff. Is that have you ever thought about no, that? No, not like finding uh No. No. I got I got too many hobbies as is. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the problems when I tried to get into the uh the knife making thing too, before, before we had to move was the fact that I was already working seven days a week. And it was, it's just always that, you know, this is going to answer the problems. I'll do this and, uh, make, make more money. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. One day, uh, I don't know. I wasn't looking at it as a hobby, I guess. Right. But uh, what's your favorite type of knife to make? Uh, probably a drop point hunter style, you know, just, okay. just like your basic good all around hunting knife, you know? And then, uh, what, what type, what is your favorite knife that you have that you haven't made? 
Do you got a favorite out there? Uh, no, I like so many of them, but yeah, I, I don't think I could actually put my finger on a favorite. Is that something you collect or? Uh, a little bit, yeah. So I do have a, a knife in my collection that is my favorite knife. And and that's a knife that my brother made. It was his first knife. So, but okay. you know, I'd already been making for a couple of years, so I was able to walk him through. So his first knife is, you know, pretty badass. <laughs> you know, my first knives are just garbage. Yeah. Did you start with the file, or did you start with a straight blank steel? No, I uh, I actually the first very first knife um that i tried doing i cut out of an old saw blade um because i had seen some youtube videos okay. where they do that so i thought that was going to be the way to go well come to find out real quick that you know the modern saw blades aren't high carbon good steel for knives they they're just you know regular steel or stainless steel or whatever yeah that and then they put carbide teeth in them. So I found out real quick that, you know, that wasn't going to be an option. So, and then, then I just actually went and found some, uh, someone selling steel, which was, uh, uh, a company that I buy supplies from and they, I bought a couple of pieces from them and then, you know, started using that. So had a couple of fires, uh, when I first started trying to heat treat with a, uh, you know, with a weed burner, um, on a, on a propane tank. And then I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't going to work. I need to, you know, get a forge. So I, you know, hopped online, ordered a forge. And so. You got your own kiln too, or are you just tempering it out in the oven? When I do the temper, I just do it in the oven. Um, I've got a little oven that I, have out here in the garage so i don't stink up the house with the you know with the oil and stuff from the quench have you gotten that down to are you using basically the same steel on every blade or have you gotten it down to a science i use, what needs I use what, a few or? different um uh, metals for for the knives but they're all pretty much the same on the heat treat process you know Basically, put it in the forge until a magnet won't stick to it. When it loses its magnetic properties and it's glowing nice and orange, well, maybe dark or really, really bright red into the orange, you know, a magnet, it'll get to, you know, 1500 degrees and a magnet won't stick to it anymore. And that's when you quench it. And that's what makes the, uh, makes the transition and makes it hard. So, and then... And like literally, they're so hard. I I dropped a knife that was fresh out of the oil, and I was walk I was walking Broke. back over to my bench with the knife, and it fell out of the pliers and hit the concrete floor, and it and it broke in four pieces. So yeah, the. Do you use just straight motor oil, or what do you do? You use special oil? No, I yeah, I've got I use Parks Fifty which is a, it's, it's a fast quenching oil, which means it cools it very, very quickly. So, so, and, it, and it's, it's like specifically made for, 
um, you know, hardening steels and stuff, you know, for, for machine processes or, or, you know, knife making, what have you, you know, if you need to harden the steel to a, you know, and it needs a fast quenching oil, that's what the Parks 50 is made for. So. The one thing that I, I've been interested in, I, I've got a couple of these old uh, molding planes. Oh yeah. Like the old yeah. style with the iron in there. And I thought that would be really cool to try to replicate. Have you ever made me, you know, like a draw knife? Or... No. Um, yeah, no, I haven't made anything like that. I've actually got a draw knife that that I picked up at an antique shop or a yard sale or something that's all old and rusted and the handles are falling off of it. And I think I might actually restore that just, just because I think it'd be cool to have and, you know... Yeah, no, I, I love I old yep. tools. I got a couple old I got this um cuz we we worked a storage place in Florida and somebody just put we had this little section where you had free stuff oh, yeah, you didn't okay. want, you know. Most of the time for trash there and we'd have to go throw it away. Um but somebody left out an old I don't remember the date. The thing's well over a hundred years old, but it's a foot powered sewing machine. Oh yeah. You talked and, about that I on mean, one of your other episodes. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah, no, it it's, it's super cool. And I like right now we don't have room for it and it's sitting in storage, but I've been debating whether or not to make like a manual foot powered lathe out of it. I just haven't been able to bring oh, myself yeah, to do it yet. But uh, th those things, I, I watched a video on that, somebody making one on YouTube. I think that'd be awesome to have a little foot-powered yeah. foot powered lathe. I don't know how much I'd actually yeah. use it. But. Be fun to tinker around with anyway. Yeah, just like that. Uh, those molding planes, you know. I mean, you they had some skill back in the day, I'll tell you that. You can't just grab yeah, one no. of those and, and make it work. I agree a hundred percent. They they definitely made made stuff pretty pretty good back then and the craftsmanship back then is as far above what it is now. Yeah, no, and they just I don't know, man. You go to Harbor Freight and Yeah. You know, spend spend a little bit of money and it lasts a little while, but I mean some of this stuff that I found it's over a hundred yeah. years later, we still got well, my my first work. knife. That, well, the first couple of knives that I ever made was on a Harbor Freight one by thirty belt sander. You know, and then yeah, that's then, what I got. Then I jumped up to a uh, you know a two by seventy two from Grizzly, and that was like a total game changer. And then now I've got a a different style belt sander that's a two by 72 as well that's that's a lot lot better quality than a grizzly i should say but yeah it's so my problem with the harbor freight one was you could only buy the only place i could find the sandpaper was at harbor freight that would fit that really and see i i found them so at, uh home depot but they only sold like a combo pack of belts. Yeah, and it didn't get down when, low enough, right? I mean, you'd, you'd go to like 400 And when I would maybe. get the Harbor Freight belts, 
half of them would fit on the machine and half of them wouldn't. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that adjustment on there, man, yeah. that is some janky stuff. It's like a wedge that pushes it. And then that, uh, you know, that pulley's yeah. leaning like, off sideways. I thought about just ripping, you know, cutting all that crap off and then welding my own uh, pulley system on there so I could fit, you know, I, I don't remember, like 42-inch belts. I think you could get down to like, you know, 2,000 grit paper or whatever. But, yeah, that was a big problem was I, I had to do everything past – I think like four or five hundred grit. Yeah. I had to do it all by well, hand. Well, and I don't. It just when I do so damn long. Uh, my bevels. If I'm polishing out a knife or doing a hamon or something, I won't go above two twenty um, on my bevels. Everything after two twenty is hand sanding. Mm -hmm. Because when you get those lighter weight belts, yeah. the tape that joins them, you get belt bump, and and you, you know as you're trying to hold the knife flat against the platen to get nice grind lines. Every time that tape comes around, it bumps. And so you're, you know, it's like bouncing your knife and you get a belt bump and you get a shitty finish. I wonder if you could put like a little piece of rubber like um, or something. There's behind a bunch that. of hacks out there. They're not hacks. Uh, uh, but there's a bunch of guys out there with uh, YouTube videos showing how to get around that. You know, you can put like a piece of leather on your platen so it, it, you know, it softens the platen just a little bit. And, well, and I, I haven't tried any of that yeah. uh, yet, but. I would imagine, I mean, how long does it take you to yeah, hand it, sand it, those it, down, you know? It takes a bit. Are you going bit, like, so. are you going hundred grip by hundred? Like what, what is your paper like? Cause I was going from like you know, 500 to 750 to 1,000 to 1,500 to 2,000. And it was just like trying to get all those scratches so out. Man. I it use, took forever. Uh, uh, Rhino Wet, uh, which is kind of expensive. But, um, but yeah, I go 180, 220, uh, 320, 400, 600, 800, uh, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000. So. And how, how long does your paper last? I mean, you're going through like uh, a sheet. No, not necessarily. Blade, huh? Not with this, uh, Rhino wet. This Rhino wet is some crazy good sandpaper. Um, you know, using, okay. you know, like Norton, which is supposed to be good, but I, I've never really had good luck with Norton and I don't know if it was just buying, you know, the cheap stuff at the hardware store. I, I don't know, but it, I never had good luck with Norton or 3M. Um, as far as the paper lasting this, this Rhino wet, I mean, it's, it's got quadruple the life of, of any of the other brands that I've tried. But like, like I said, it, okay. it is kind of yeah, expensive no, though. So. Now with the back when I I've actually looked for this before, but I, I've just got uh -huh. like the etchomatic uh, etching machine, and um, there was there was this dude that would sell these little I don't know if they were silicone. It was this you know the blue paper that you get with the uh, yeah. the etchomatic, and then you've got to like hand cut each time you use it. 
there was a guy on YouTube that was giving you yeah. like a permanent oh, yeah. Yeah, stencil guys. for the etching machine. So, Where so what I did stencil? was I went and bought it. Well, the first thing I did was I had a stamp made so that I could just, you know, like a steel stamp where I could just stamp, stamp it in. Okay. But I didn't really like that. And it like when you stamp a steel stamp on it, it likes to warp the knife. And so I, I got over that pretty quick and I went and bought a uh, cricket, um, vinyl cutter. And so I, I just make my own, uh, uh, stencils with that cricket, uh, vinyl cutter. You know, and okay. they're only one time then... use, but, but they work phenomenal and I can make yeah. anything I want. I made a, I made a hatchet and I did like a whole, uh, like Viking theme on it, you know, and, and etched in all this stuff and made it all fancy as could be. And, and yeah, and I, I can etch anything in into it that I can design on the, on the cricket. You know, I can get an image off the internet, like right, right now a hatchet that I want to make, I want to make a God of war hatchet, um, you know, and theme it after God of war, the video game. So, but yeah. Okay. And what's this vinyl cutter? It's just like, like, a, yeah, like a CNC yeah, it, machine it for vinyl or something. What vinyl leather? Like you know, yeah, it's got a cutter in it, and you know, it, you pay for the uh, the software, but you can design anything. Like my Maker's Mark, the original artwork for my Maker's Mark, I just took a picture on my on my camera, you know, with my phone, and then then emailed it to myself and put uh -huh. it into the computer. And then I was able to put it into the software, um, you know, and make a stencil. So, yeah, it just cuts out the vinyl, um, you know, and, and yeah, it, it works freaking awesome. And with that vinyl, yeah. you still, it's yeah. a one-time so, use? So I used salt and vinegar um, and warm it up in the microwave so the salt dissolves in the vinegar. And then I take a bolt uh -huh. um, and wrap a cloth over the head of the bolt and then tape it tight so, you know, so that the cloth is wrapped tight around the head of the bolt. And then I just use a battery charger, like a, you know, like a battery charger for your, your car and hook the positive to the, to the uh -huh. blade and then put the bolt in the negative and then dip it in the solution. And then you just kind of daub it around and you can hear it sizzling and, and yeah, and it, it'll etch, you know, a good 16th of an inch deep. Well, maybe not quite 16th of an inch, but you know, definitely enough that it's, it's there permanently and you know, you can feel it. And so. Yeah, no, where, where did you learn that trick, man? Cause I, I bought that little, Etchomatic thing. I mean, it's got like a, I don't know, like a one inch by two inch pad that you can etch on, you know? So you got to yeah, kind of keep YouTube dabbing it. Just, and... You know? Are there any other crazy little tricks you got um, for making your knives? Probably that, you know, just little things that I've come up with over time, but, um, but yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but yeah, that. 
Do you cut uh, in? Yeah, that cricket is, is nice because I can design anything I want to put on the knives to customize them. You know, I've had people request, you know, like, hey, this is going to be for my son for his birthday. You know, can you put his birthday, you know, his birth date and his initials on it? And yeah, and I can do that. So it, it makes it super nice. How they're, much do one of those run bad, for? Uh, uh, I bought it at Hobby Lobby, and they had sent me like a, a coupon, you know, through their app or whatever. And I think I picked it up for, I don't remember, it was like 150 bucks maybe. Okay, so it's yeah, pretty affordable. Yeah. And it'll do leather too, huh? Uh, I don't what, think you can do thick of leather. leather in it, but I've never I've never tried doing anything with the leather. So the only I mean, literally, the only reason I bought the machine yeah. was so that yeah. I could do my maker's marks, and 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 I my maker's marks are actually quite big on my knife, um, but uh, but yeah, I just bought it for the vinyl aspect of it, so. Just from and Hobby where do you Lobby get your or, vinyl? or order it off of Amazon. Okay. And when when you're cutting your knives, do you put like a thumb grip uh, it, on the it back It depends there? on the model. I've got I've got different models. Um, some of them have an area for your uh, thumb to rest up on, but um, some of them don't. So. Yeah, because I was, you know, I was trying to put the, like, a little thumb grip on the back of mine, and I was oh, yeah. just using cutting, the like, cutoff wheel to cut little notches in it. Yeah, but I was trying to, yeah. I mean, they're so thick, you know, the, the spacing so thick, it's just, uh, I was wondering what you could do to make a little smaller uh, of an incision well, you, there. You can use like a, a cutoff wheel on like a like an air die grinder and the, the cutoff wheels that you get for those are, are way thinner. Like way, way thinner. You know. Um in fact, yeah. like even just like a Dremel tool, you know, the the little cutoff wheels that they sell for those Dremel tools are really, really thin. So something like that'd be perfect for it. Yeah, no. I think yeah. I tried the Dremel on it, and it just wasn't. That just wasn't happening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, no. Where can everybody check Instagram out Instagram or Facebook? Um, and yeah, just Mammoth Creek Knives. So. I... Okay, and then yeah, send me sure. send me the yeah, link, and I'll put um, that all in the description. Instagram is probably the best if you want to see pictures and whatnot and there's not a crap ton of them on there but there there's several so and then if they want to order instagram a knife they just get in touch yeah, with you I've on instagram facebook group you can message me on that or yeah dm me in uh instagram so yeah no thank you for having me well, thanks for coming on man all right you do the same you have a good night.